This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, so uh, if you've been with us and tracking with us uh, the last few weeks, uh, actually it started before the end of the year, uh, right around mid-October, we started uh, Philippians, our series on being unshackled, unchained uh, from the book of Philippians. And so uh, the last two weeks of uh, of October, we started in Philippians, then we went into... uh, Somewhere in there, like Thanksgiving sermons and, you know, being grateful and thankful. Of course, we went right into Christmas, and then we came back in January, and we picked up. Uh, In between there, we did, uh, I think the first week, we did a a message from the book of Psalms. If you remember, and if you have your Bibles in Philippians chapter 1, it's very interesting how Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, addresses the church. Because you remember, he's writing to a a church in this city, and uh, he is in prison. And uh, it's just a powerful, powerful book. If you haven't read the whole thing, please do so. But one of the first things he says is uh, he says in the beginning, Paul Timothy, servant of Christ, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints. And if you remember the week one is that he is claiming that everybody in the church are saints. And the analogy I use is that they all got uh, a jersey. They're on a team and they have to live up to that, that team. And so just like at Florida State or Ohio State, uh, when you are on the team, They will pour all the resources to make sure that you have all the tools to fully live up to your potential that they see in you. Just very similar to what, and and better, what Jesus does. When you come on to his team and he calls you a saint, it's like getting a jersey. And they will empty out the treasury to make sure that you have all the resources in order to grow in Christ. You know, we talked about here at Florida State, you know, they have a special um, cafeteria just for the the athletes. And one time Bill and I tried to sneak in and she said that you had to be an athlete. And I said, I'm the kicker. And uh, so uh, she kind of almost believed me. Uh, So, and I said, Bill was the uh, placeholder. So uh, she (laughs) she believed that. And so... But we live up to the, the name of saints, and that was kind of the, the theme of week one. The second, uh, uh, as we continue in chapter one, is that Paul is telling his situation in prison, and he's not trying to, to get sympathy. You know, one of the things I know, uh, and I have fallen prey to this in the past on social media, sometimes we post things to elicit sympathy. But Paul was not doing that. He was trying to let know his followers what was going on on. And he was trying to tell us how to live when bad things happen. And then our third part, which was a few weeks ago, we did the whole if then in chapter two. You know, we talked about what Paul says here. Let me read it for you. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, and so we use kind of like a mathematical equation. If this has happened in your life, then there needs to be a then. And only does the then, how we live out, determine if the equation is correct. 
And so there was a whole bunch of things that he talks about, but the thing that he talked about mostly was about unity. One of the things that is a, is a strong indicator of the if equation, if you are a follower of Christ, then it should flesh itself, flesh itself out in unity. And so there's an if and then. And then we, uh, later on, we talked about what does it mean to work out your salvation? Remember, I said here, working out your salvation does not mean working for your salvation, but it does mean working on it. And we were challenged as a church that we need to make sure that we are working on our faith. So uh, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to pull out your, your smartphones. Uh, and if you don't have a smartphone, uh, you may not be able to participate at the moment. We'll figure another way out. Uh, but in a second, I want to show you the smartphone. I, if you have a smart smartphone, uh, you can QR code it. If you don't have a smart smartphone, you will have to go to slido.com and then type in that team uh, code number. So it's real simple. You can go to slido.com and then type in 37870061 or just QR code it. And when you get there, just do me a favor, raise your hand when you're there, like at that page. Don't answer the questions, just uh, we'll, we'll explain the questions. Awesome. We'll give you a few more seconds. If you have any challenges, just look around. Somebody that looks a little bit young, they can do it for you. If you wanted to, to, to code your phone over and start over, well, where's Davey? Is Davey downstairs? Uh, Davey can do that for you. Uh, and he's in what grade is he in? Fifth grade. Jesus. Did you say fifth? Wow. All right, so um, raise your hand if you're there. All right, we're going to show you a picture. Uh, this, is a, uh, this is a survey. It's anonymous. I have no clue who's answering the survey. All right, so please uh, answer as freely as you possibly can. Uh, this picture, uh, number one, is a, a young person, a, a person who has fallen out of the tree. The tree is the journey with Jesus. You know, uh, the tree represents your walk with Christ. And number one is that this person has fallen out of the tree. There's something happened, whether they got zapped by lightning or something, and they just fallen out, and they are in a daze in their journey with Jesus. The second person is someone who's just starting out. Like, you're new in the faith. You didn't know Christ, or you didn't follow him, and you're just brand new, and you're just enjoying uh, your starting out. Everything is, is beautiful in your journey with Jesus. The third child, you can see he's uh, holding on to the tree. You're just, you're all, you're just took your first step. You're, you're putting your, um, number three says, filling it out. You're feeling it out. You put your toe in the water. You're, you're coming to church, but you're really not too sure about uh, the whole thing. But you're, you're there and you're ready to take your first step. Uh, number four, number four, we couldn't find the perfect, the perfect graphic, okay? Uh, but you're not sure about Jesus. You're here, but you're not too sure. And so I would prefer that person maybe walking away from the tree, uh, but uh, you're just not too sure. Uh, 
you know, in your mind, uh, logically, you know, doesn't, you know, you're trying to put things you're here, but you're not too sure. All right. So number five, numero cinco, young in faith, and you're just enjoying it. You're just enjoying, you're enjoying the culture, and you're enjoying your journey. You, you're, you know, you read the Bible, and it's like, wow, I didn't know that, and that's awesome. All right. Number six, uh, maybe you're a little bit older in the faith. You're just steady, and you're still enjoying life, but you're not going up, and you're not going down. You're just right there. There's no growth really, but there's no decline. And of course, number seven is someone's like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. Uh, I actually ran into two little kids uh, in the playground, one of your, your kids, and uh, they're pretty small, but man, they got into that playground and they're trying to even do the, uh, the monkey bars. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're too young. Uh, but they're just determined to go further. You are determined to go further. So go ahead and vote one through seven. I'm going to vote two. Hey, can uh, you put the QR code back for a second? There it is. And this is just for me to know where we is at. Not where you are at, but where we are at. All right. You guys want to know where you're at? Would you guys be interested? Okay, I think we can show the results. Show the results. Awesome. Is there, can we slide up? Awesome. So you can come down. Okay, so a percentage of you have um, experienced you just fallen out of the tree. And so one of the things I love about the book of Philippians is that you uh, are covered in here. They're, they're, it addresses everybody. And so even in chapter one, it talks about when bad things happen, how are we to respond? How are we to, to, to connect? Uh, and so let me just challenge you. That was just an exercise for me to have. And so we can see where we're at and pray for one another. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're now in chapter 3 in Philippians. Chapter 3, and I love this. It says, verse 1, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Let me read that again. Finally, he's in prison. He's got chains on him. And it's not like prison here on Capitol Circle. You know, we have a famous person in, in our prison here. You guys know that? Very famous. Uh, so I don't want to say anything because I don't want the, the, the balloon to find out that I'm here. So <laughs> I know, I know, but who knows really? And so finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Paul the, uh, is writing this letter to the church in Philippi, and he is imprisoned. Uh, we're talking about second century, first century prison, uh, where, and he's tied to someone, most likely. He's probably uh, chained to another dis, uh, guard, but a disgruntled guard. You don't want that job. You know, totally uh, immersed with other prisoners, and, you know, imagine sanitary-wise, it wasn't the best. And he says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. It's a call to joy. Finally, my brothers, rejoice. I like that word, rejoice. A lot of times we substitute just the word joy, but it's rejoice in the Lord. 
It is no trouble for me to write the same thing. Paul is starting out his letter. He's kind of wrapping up his letter. And he says, finally, I want to talk to you about something as I'm wrapping up my thoughts. And the first thing I want to say is rejoice. Rejoice. Now, before we go any further, why would he say that? Why would he tell his listeners, the, the people that are listening to the letter being read out in his church, to rejoice? Because uh, typically you will never find in the Bible any, any verse saying, hey, you need to be dejected, you need to be gloomy, you need to be depressed, you need to be melancholy, sad, you need to be pessimistic, or you definitely need to be discontent. And the reason he doesn't, and you won't find it because I think, and I'm not talking about you in general, but generally, we kind of do those things on our own. We don't need encouragement to be uh, discontent, pessimistic, sad, melancholy, depressed, gloomy. It's kind of the default mode of humanity. But Paul is challenging us, people of the faith who are called saints, to be people of joy. And joy is a choice. We are choosing to be joyful. It is a choice. However, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about happiness. We're not to confuse being happy. Happiness is circumstantial. It has something to do with your circumstances. I remember uh, a, uh, a minister friend, it was funny, one of the funniest moments, I gave her a fake lotto scratch off and she didn't know it was fake. Uh, Rhea, were you there? Yes. <laughs> it's epic. And she scratched it off and she thought she won $100,000. Uh, it was her 40th birthday, and she went crazy uh, talking about how she's going to go to vacation to Hawaii, and she was going to do this. And then I had a reminder. I said, I thought you said one day when you were rich, you're going to give the missions. And it never came out of her mouth. And so uh, she became happy at that moment because she thought she won $100,000. Now, this is not my notes. I, I sent that same type of gift to my nephew, Joe. And he was like 14 years old, and he scratched it off, and it said he won a million dollars. And him and his sister started screaming and running around the place. And, she, and he literally said, we can finally move out of this dump of a house. <laughs> and then his best friend was in the house, and they said, uh, are you moving? The kid started crying. He says, yes. And then... His older sister turned the card and realized it was a fake one. So I stopped doing that after that time. Uh, <laughs> but he literally, because of his circumstances, expressed a tremendous amount of happiness. But Paul is not talking about circumstances. He's talking about a decision based on his understanding and who he is in Christ. Not the circumstances that he finds himself in. Happiness is externally ex created, but joy comes from inside. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so what Paul is telling his church, and I believe he's telling us today here at Mosaic Church, is that we must choose joy. It's sometimes, I, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I struggle to find joy when I'm stuck in traffic. Anybody else there with you? Yeah. 
I don't know how people can be joyful in Orlando on I-4. I have a friend of mine that went from Atlanta and then moved to Orlando. And I got a one-hour trip from Tampa to Orlando. It was a two-hour trip on I-4. And then I asked him, I said, which is worse, Orlando traffic or Atlanta traffic? And he said, Atlanta traffic. It took his wife an hour to get out of their neighborhoods just to get onto the interstate. And I'm thinking, how? Thank the Lord I don't live there because I don't know how much joy I would have uh, in finding all that joy in my heart in, in those circumstances. But joy is less about your situations, and it is more about where you understand where you stand in Christ and who you are in Christ. Joy comes from a relationship in Christ, with Christ, living with God, and seeing life beyond your circumstances. Lord, help us, right? Lord, help us, especially, and I, I know I don't follow everybody in our church, and I, I do follow a lot of people in the church, and, and what I see on social media is not a spirit of joy, of understanding who they are. It's really a situational situation where they're trying to, uh, trying to get some sympathy, and, and I understand that. We all want people to pray for us and, and feel bad for our circumstances, but let me tell you, that's a slippery slope, and, and so if you're not careful, you'll find yourself, that's all you're looking for, and, and Facebook and all the social media, that's what they're designed. They're trying to give you a dopamine kick and to make sure you get those likes. And I found myself wondering how many likes I had or how many people were watching my famous video on, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, I remind my kids every year that I have, uh, a was it 10,000 views, all right? So <laughs> I'll share that every year from now on. So uh, then Paul moves on and he's telling us to watch out for certain people. Now, I'm going to read out of the message. It's a little bit softer language, and especially so in today's culture, I just want to, but I like the message. It says, steer clear of barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. The message, you got to just love it. And they're interested in appearances only. And here it says, knife happy circumcisers. I call them knife-happy circumcisers. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. And then Paul says, you know my pedigree. In ancient times, circumcision was used as a rite of passage into puberty, a rite of entrance into marriage. And in the Old Testament, God used this sign and gave it a new meaning. And rather than meaning to enter into puberty or being married, it signaled that you are now entering into a new community of faith, the people of God. The challenge with that is that people begin to substitute that instead of a relationship with God. 
And Paul is challenging, there are people out there who are trying to force these church people into following a ritual and not a relationship. Paul is trying to point out that the time has come that the only qualification for coming to Christ is not the physical circumcision, but the spiritual circumcision of our hearts that we have been set apart and it is if we have been circumcised in our hearts, then it should express itself in faith in Christ. Faith in Christ, hearts circumcised. Paul knew that it was Christ that obliterated through this, uh, this concept of if you just do these certain steps, it is uh, that somehow you are in right standing with God. But Paul is saying, no, it is the heart. Through what Jesus did on the death, on, uh, through dying on the cross. Paul is denouncing those who are going around to the new Christians and the new churches and trying to teach them that what Christ did on the cross was good, but you needed to do something else. And it's always Jesus plus something, and that should always be a warning to find salvation. It's a relationship with Christ. And Jesus didn't just hate legalism because of didn't like the rules. It, 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 it can give you a false sense of security when you're just doing the right things, but your heart has not been set apart and set aside for Christ because you can miss out in the relationship. Sadly, even here, I pray no one in our room here this morning has been duped that just because you do the right things doesn't mean that your heart is right with God. I would say there are a lot of people, not here, that some, just like the Christian culture. You know, we're we nice people, we greet people, we, we treat people with respect, um, and we do good things, you know, we're not doing uh, nefarious things. And, and so you can get kind of stuck in and, and just kind of... Uh, think that you're, you're in relationship with Jesus when you're really in relationship with the culture. And so Paul is challenging the church not to fall for that trap. Because when you just kind of do the right things, you're missing out in the true relationship with Jesus. I worship Jesus because I have a relationship with him, not somehow because I'm trying to convince you that I'm, I'm with you. And Jesus did hate legalism without the heart being set apart because he knows that it can kill people's uh, understanding of having a relationship. I, I write this little story. Uh, how many of you have ever read a John Ortberg book? I've read quite a few of them. And he talks about if you were driving and and. It's a little bit of a story. If you were driving through uh, the Asbury District in San Francisco in the 60s and pulled up to a spotlight next to a van plastered with peace signs driven by long-haired, tie-dyed, granny glasses with peace signs uh, driven by a long-haired, tie-dyed, granny-wearing person, you know you've encountered a hippie. Yes. If you were in the 80s and you saw someone driving a BMW driven by someone with his shirt unbuttoned, 
halfway down, uh, had a Rolex watch, his hair was moosed, uh, and he was, uh, you know, he smelled like cologne. You know you ran into a... A yuppie. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but it was probably funny, Deanna. Um, so if you came across a, today, a tractor-driving, boot-wearing, overall-chewing tobacco, spit-stained down their beard and their shirt, missing a teeth, and scratching their flea bites, you know you spotted a Alabama Crimson Tide person. I'm no longer picking on the gators, all right? So the same concept is if we're not careful, we can misjudge people because just because someone carries a Bible, listens to Christian music, always eats at Chick-fil-A, and just think they're a Christ follower, and they're possibly not. And Paul is encouraging his church to make sure they're Christ followers and not just ritual followers. That just because we wear a bracelet that says WJD or pertain only, uh, uh, participate in certain activities or we abstain from certain activities, that somehow that means we have a relationship with Jesus. We've got to make sure that we have the first things first. Amen? It's who it's not what we do, it's who we are in Christ. So Paul is wrapping up his letter, and he's telling his church, please, please focus on who Jesus is and what he has done. And don't get sidetracked by these uh, dog barkers, <laughs> the message version, and uh, get sidetracked by somehow you have to have Jesus plus this. Let's read on in Philippians verse four, chapter three, verse four. Indeed, if others have a reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin and a real Hebrew if there was ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisee who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. And if anybody had pedigree to brag about what the rituals they have followed, the Apostle Paul had reasons to brag. Then let's go on, and this is, uh, again, it says this, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. One of the biggest, I remember a guy named C.J. Mahaney said in 1988, something around there, that the biggest challenge in America is to try to convince people that they're really not following Jesus. That's the challenge. For this, his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. 
for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Paul is saying, everything that I did prior to having faith, good as they may be, did not help him in his journey with Jesus. There's a word that he uses, garb- I use the word garbage, but he actually has a different word, and it's dung, and it's not the nice version of the word dung. It's a, it's a word that means that's what he considers it. He considers all that. It's like, uh, you know, not all uh, digital coins are the same, but maybe, you know, you've heard of all sorts of digital coins and you find out you've put all your life into that digital coin, into that digital coin. I'm not talking about Bitcoin, all right? Don't mess with my Bitcoin. Um, uh, those other digital coins. And uh, you, you put your whole life into it and think that you are... You know, you're in the digital currency market, and then you find out at the end it was worthless. And Paul's saying is, be careful, church. Don't, don't invest into that and thinking just because you have this digital coin in your wallet that somehow you truly are of value. Your, your value comes in faith in Christ. Paul finishes up in verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul is basically saying, I don't want a dead religion. I want an alive relationship with Jesus. Don't give me chains of legalism. Remember I used the analogy a few months ago. Uh, uh, Jeff is from the Midwest, and so Jeff, you guys drink sweet tea up there? Kind of, right? And how, how would you make a sweet tea, Jeff? Have you ever used a Lipton? Have you ever used a Lipton tea? No. Okay, so uh, some people... Okay, some people think Lipton sweet tea is sweet tea, and we know down here that that's not the case. And so, uh, basically... Don't give us Lipton powdered sweet tea, the chains of legalism, when we can experience the true nature, the the person of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to challenge us. Don't get fooled. Make sure our relationship with Jesus is is from the heart, and that the heart, then it expresses itself in all sorts of things, and the if-then comes into play. But make sure our faith is in Christ and Christ alone. Amen. Hey, Bryce, I know I didn't ask you, but if you could just have your team here. Uh, let's finish up with uh, Miss Joanne downstairs or upstairs. She's downstairs. So uh, Bryce will tell us. But let's go ahead and pray. Our, uh, and let's bow our heads for a moment. So this kind of ties into the photo thing that we just did, uh, the, the survey. And every eye closed, uh, head bowed for a moment. Just say, Pastor Mario, um, I'm tracking with Paul, but um, sometimes I get, I get challenged by circumstances and I lose focus on the joy of the Lord. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Yes. I'm raising my hand too. I'm not exempt from, you could put your hands down. Lord, I pray God, Lord, that we would remember uh, this chapter. And Lord, that we could see how you're working in us. Lord, that we would find joy in spite of circumstances. That we would respond according to your spirit in spite of circumstances. Lord, it doesn't mean we're fake smilers when, uh, you know, we lost our job. But Lord, that we're not embittered by... uh, to you, 
uh, because maybe something has happened circumstantially in our lives. Lord, we say thank you for your Holy Spirit. And just like uh, a, a university would pour all its resources on this football player who got recruited and is on the team, Lord, we know that you do the same but much more. You empower us with your Holy Spirit. You give us the spirit of joy and peace. And Lord, we rely on you and we have salvation through the blood of Christ as we learned through communion. I pray, God, that you would help us to remember those things. And Lord, that we would be people of joy, even in spite of circumstances. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. We love you, Father. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to sing the song as we wrap things up. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.